Section 11 of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould, and this LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Sermon 11 The Baits of Satan. Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Thou makest man as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle, they catch them in their net, and gather them in their drag. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Our Lord Jesus Christ, as you well know, commissioned his apostles to become fishers of men. And after his apostles, his apostolic ministry has the same business, the fishing for men. Every priest is not only, like his master, a shepherd, but also like St. Peter, a fisherman. He has to patiently try and try again to catch human souls and bring them to Christ. That is why all sorts of means are tried by the church to gain souls. She is fishing for them, and she employs all kinds of baits and fishing apparatus for catching them. The missionaries angle for some souls, and get them one by one. Others are drawn in in great numbers, as by a dragnet. All sorts of baits are used to catch human souls. Just as the good Samaritan, when he left the inn, gave two pence to the host, and told him to spend as much more as was necessary for the sick man, so Christ allows his ministers to use all sorts of means in addition to those he has himself named and appointed, for bringing souls to him. One of the old fathers of the church says that Satan is the ape of God. That is, Satan imitates whatever God does, but with a different object. So God sends his ministers as fishers of men, and Satan also sends his ministers to fish for men. God seeks the salvation and happiness of men, but Satan seeks their ruin and misery. God uses the beautiful things he has made, the flowers, the stars, the seashells, the little moss, the shady trees, as baits, to draw you to him, to make you see how good and loving he is. And Satan takes the beautiful things in the world and uses them as his baits, to draw you away from God and from his service, to lure you into his power. God loves to see you happy and merry. He is glad that you should have pleasure, for he is a loving father, full of tenderness for his creatures. Look how happy the butterflies and the birds and the beetles are. Look at the cat basking in the sun and purring, the dog bounding about, barking joyously. God made them to be happy, and he has made you to be happy. The life that stirs in its veins, the glory of the sun, the abundance spread around it, make the animal happy. And all these God has given it for that very purpose. So he has given you all that may make you happy. But Satan takes the pleasures of life and uses them as a bait to entrap you and bring you to misery. Since man has been in the world, he has had to work, and God has blessed work. He has sanctified it and made a sacrament of it, that if work be begun, continued, and ended in him, it should convey grace and happiness. But Satan takes work and tries to make mischief with that as he does with pleasure. He uses hard work, or the business of this world, as a bait, and lures men by means of it to forget God, and so it becomes no more sacramental. It no more conveys grace and happiness to the soul. Work is like a telegraph wire. As long as the wire is united with the source whence electricity flows, so long the current runs through it and it conveys messages. But if the wire be broken, it becomes a mere dead bit of wire, and no current passes through it. No words are conveyed along it. As long as work is begun in God, and you can always attach any work to God by praying for his blessing on it, so long grace streams through it, 
and the word of peace and blessing is passed along to your hearts. But Satan tries to break the communication, tries to make you care for your work only, apart from God, and thus it is turned into dead, graceless, unprofitable work. The world, I mean by that the society of your fellows, may be very good, and may draw the souls of those who move in it to God, for there is a great deal of good in the world, kind people doing kind acts, thinking kind thoughts, speaking kind words, keeping their innocence unstained, holy souls moving in the fires of temptation, like the three children in the furnace, without being burned, without even the smell of the fire passing upon them. And there are a great many amusements in the world, pleasure parties and dances, and concerts and theatres and operas, which are harmless and may be even good. And there are poetry and painting and music, the arts all good, and there is learning, the study of flowers, the study of the stars, the study of languages, the study of antiquity, and so on, all very good and harmless if used or taken up with God in the thoughts. But all these may become very bad if disassociated from God, if taken as baits of Satan." You cannot always say that this or that is bad in itself. It is only bad when Satan has put his hook through it. Printing is good and bad, according as it is used. The Bible is printed, good stories are printed, scientific works are printed, all school books are printed. The printing in all these cases has been for a good purpose, to teach, to draw to God. But bad books, profane books may be printed, and they are the devil's baits. He has struck his hook into printing. Consequently, you must not rashly denounce an amusement or a pursuit as bad unless you can see the hook in it. Now let us look at some scriptural instances of Satan's fishing. Job was robbed of land, of cattle, of his children, of his health. But Satan left him his wife. What a comfort! God instituted marriage in Eden. He blessed the estate, and it is a holy one. How kind of Satan not to rob Job of every consolation! But stop a bit. Why is the wife left? Listen to what she says. She goes to Job, and she says, How wretched is your lot! God has forsaken you. There is nothing left for you to live for. Curse God and die. Curse God for having allowed you to fall into such wretchedness, and then kill yourself. Put yourself out of your misery. Now you see why Satan left Job, his wife, she was the bait. The temptation was in her to lead him to blasphemy and suicide. David was exalted by God from being a shepherd boy to be king over Israel. He gave him an obedient nation, servants, a palace, wealth, and a large army. Satan then began to angle for him, and the bait he used was the wife of Uriah. David saw that she was a beautiful woman, and so he sent Uriah to the wars and told his generals to put Uriah in the forefront of the battle where he might be killed, and then David took Bathsheba to himself. The king got the wife he wanted, and he was happy for a while. But presently Nathan the prophet came to him and told him of his sin and announced the punishment God had sent him, that his child should die. The 51st Psalm, Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness, according to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses, is the wail of a penitent king, as the iron of the hook of Satan entered into his soul. Judas was an apostle. He had been sent by Christ with one of the others when they went forth two by two, preaching and working miracles. The devils had been subject to him. 
he was a goodly fish for Satan, one of the chosen followers of Christ. How will he be caught? Satan puts his hook through the money bag. Judas was covetous. He bare the common purse, and he loved money. He took some of it for himself. That was not enough. He wanted money. What for? What did he want to do with it? We do not know for certain, but the prophet Amos speaks of the poor man, that is Christ, being betrayed for a pair of shoes. Amos chapter 2 verse 6, chapter 8 verse 6. Perhaps that was what Judas wanted. His old shoes were worn out. I do not say for certain that this was why he sold his master, but this, at all events, is certain, that he did sell him. Satan caught him first through the purse, and then landed him with the thirty pieces of silver. Now, my children, as you go through life, you will meet with all sorts of temptations. Temptations are Satan's baits. Very often the hook is hidden in the most harmless things, very often not in those things, amusements, pleasures, pursuits, which you have been warned against as dangerous. There are the devil's hooks everywhere, on all sides of you. You cannot swim through life without swimming past hundreds of them. But for all that, you need not be uneasy. I will tell you why. Satan is not a clever fisherman. He pulls the line before the fish is caught. You can tell very quickly whether a hook is in any pursuit or pleasure by seeing whether it is drawing you away from God. If so, at once let go. If you do not, you will get the hook into you, and then it can only be torn away with great pain if you will escape Satan. Whatever you undertake, keep God before your eyes. Just as you say now, I can't do this, or I must not go beyond a certain boundary, because my father would not like it, and so you keep your father before your thoughts, so in life keep God in your thoughts, and directly you begin to lose sight of God and to forget him, then beware. Recover yourself as quickly as you can. You have somehow got hold of a bait which Satan is pulling towards him. Let go before it is too late. Not another bite, lest the iron enter into your soul. End of section 11